Hey everybody, it's Nolan North, you know, Nathan Drake from Uncharted, and you're listening to the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast with yours truly, Mr. Stephen Hesse. Thank you so much for checking out the latest edition. I sound like some sort of DJ at a wedding or something like that. And now, welcome the bride and groom down the aisle. Well, no, it wouldn't be down the aisle, it would be in the room. I don't know how you do it. I've not been to a lot of weddings, including my own, because I'm not married yet. But we'll still see. <laughs> but anyway, welcome to this edition, this very special edition of the Geek Apocalypse Podcast. Because if you listen to the last one that just got released... Um, I talked about the fact that it's really difficult for me to to, to maintain the podcasting that I'm doing. That was just my phone vibrating, by the way. And my girlfriend talking to me. Um, is, yeah, is the with the situation with my mom, which if you're a regular listener of this podcast, obviously thank you. And if you're listening for the first time, please be patient as I explain the situation. So I usually have guests on um, every couple of weeks now because I announced that I'm making it fortnightly not weekly because it's very hard to do weekly shows because Mentally Sound which you're about to hear is a radio show that we do here in the northeast of England on Spice FM 98.8 FM or, or spicefm.co.uk um, you can listen live uh, every second and fourth Friday 12 to 2 p.m. Uh, GMT time and yeah it's a really really fun show it's a mental health show that me and my friend Ricky do and that's been changed to fortnightly fairly recently in fact from April so the reason I'm telling you all this is because I want to put this out to preview that show because it's really good and it's really progressing and obviously it means that I've got less time to do these shows so that's the reason I changed this to fortnightly but obviously because this isn't a set time I try and work out times to be able to do this and with my mom struggling that's been really difficult to achieve um, because if you listen to this regularly you'll know that I've mentioned that my mom has been struggling with our Parkinson's and mental health since the late last year um, sort of November-ish time so I've been really really struggling to have a life outside of that basically and it to be completely open and frank about it so not only am i putting this mentally sound edition out as a special preview because this actually isn't scheduled to be released on the mentally sound podcast uh feed for another couple of weeks is with it being mental health week i thought it was obviously a nice time or at least it was mental health awareness week so it encouraged people to talk more about mental health but also on this episode i talk about my mom's condition for about 40 minutes towards the end of the show so obviously it saves me repeating repeating talking about this uh, in a future gig apocalypse episode so that's the reason why and also to showcase this brilliant show because we had two guests on this edition liz ferguson from dyslexia northeast england and simon taylor who's a singer songwriter who's diagnosed with schizoaffective disorder so he plays a couple of songs which is great so this is basically the that show minus the songs because i don't have a license to do that so hope you enjoy it it's really really good and obviously it showcases that i am trying my best to do gigapolis episodes and i can and will when i can so obviously it has me describing that as well as a really really brilliant show so i hope you enjoy it so this is a mentally sound special preview on the gigapolis podcast so if you like it Please do subscribe to us and Mentally Sound on iTunes. But this is uh, May's preview, the second show of Mentally Sound. Enjoy it. Thank you. 
Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm just checking that this sounds okay. <laughs> and welcome, everybody, to the latest episode of Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. I am your host, Mr. Stephen Hesse. Thank you so much for tuning in on the 25th of May for our second show of May, because obviously this is the second month that we are now doing a fortnightly show. Um, so this is your first time listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. We very much appreciate it, even though I find the phrase tuning in less and less relevant these days Ricky um, you're just tuning like, in like click <laughs> yeah like you just yeah. click a button these days yeah, don't you? Yeah. It's, all, it's, all, it's all easy um, but yeah so um, we're really obviously hugely excited to do uh, another edition of the show um, we've got a lot of guests planned up which is really good so our idea of doing a fortnightly show and worried that we weren't going to get guests uh, as many guests so it wasn't been good. the second show wasn't going to be as good we are proving the haters wrong <laughs> <laughs> as they say doesn't um, mean I'm working a little, little bit over time but yeah and for the for the first time in a while there was just to, to, to explain why we were also five minutes late is because there was a show on before us uh, recently there hasn't been um, mm. so so we didn't get into the studio um, as early as we normally do um, so that's the reason for a little bit of a five minute delay so a little bit of disc- um, uh, what's, what's the word I'm Disclaimer. searching for Disclaimer, thank you. Um, the, the, my dyslexia, which is ironic, because <laughs> we're going to have a dyslexia person talking well, in a second. That's why for a charity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, how do you say our name? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I'm dyslexic, so this is going to be interesting. But yeah, um, just a disclaimer, as uh, Ricky very kindly told me, is that, yeah, we are a mental, mental health show primarily. Um, so obviously, there'll be a lot of uh, potential taboo subjects going on. Um, so in that sense, you, you know, we are very open and honest people um, we talk and yeah we talk about ourselves as just a guest who's arriving so Ricky's got to leave the room for a second um, yeah so we are we are a disclaimer um uh, up, we're up from people we talk in an honest fashion about a variety of different things I have bipolar disorder Ricky has um, PTSD also we talked about um, Ricky two weeks ago talked about reverse SAD which is something he just got diagnosed with which I thought was an interesting um, conversation because most people I spoke to about reverse SAD had never heard of it um, you know obviously season affective disorder um, is usually associated with winter um, but yeah apparently you can get the reverse SAD is when it happens in the summer um, so, so that is a good example just to give you an example of last last time on the show um, about that very uh, subject matter about I was just talking about reverse sad Ricky's just entered the room oh. back again as a revelation for the last show and um, just to basically show that we are open as open as the guests are um, which is what we want um, you know t- it to be like um, but we'll not keep our guests any longer because what I thought we'll do considering we got into the studio um, a little bit um, later than we expected mm-hmm. to we'll, me and Ricky will catch up on the half hour um, and sort of see um, what's going on because uh, and hopefully our other guest will be patiently willing to wait um, but we'll not keep off um, uh, well first of all I'll ask Ricky before we get to that because this, this, this is just I have to it's tradition how are you doing Mr Ricky before we I'm get to our so guest bad. thank you Stephen how's you uh, all right I mean I'm very tired I might I look know. tired because of what happened to me yesterday but we'll get to that we'll get um, to that the half hour yeah because I have a lot to say um, yeah I've had a particularly hard week but we'll get to that um, so anyway so um, me and Ricky will catch up uh, in a little bit but for now I'd like to welcome Liz Ferguson who is here from Dyslexia North East England hello Liz Hi, hello. How are you? I'm all right, as we were just talking about. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting by, as they say, um, or as dyslexic people will say, with four V's, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently I just put random letters in. Yeah, um, but yeah. So um, 
obviously, as I'm kind of half joking about, because we, we kind of want to have a fun-loving atmosphere here, because obviously, you know, dyslexia has affected me, um, so obviously it's a subject close to my heart, so when I heard you were coming on, I was like, excellent, because I think there's a few misconceptions about dyslexia as well, because I get asked about it um, quite a bit, yeah. So I think, first of all, um, the most obvious question is to say, what do you do in your organisation? What's your role, if you don't mind, don't mind us okay. talking about it? Well, I'm actually a retired GP, and our youngest right. son... Oh had dyslexia yeah. mm -hmm. and so when I retired my husband said I think you better do something about dyslexia yeah. because there is not enough support for children in school yeah. for parents in the home and for people who are at work or who are unemployed because mm -hmm. they're yeah. really struggling and the one word we come across every day I am struggling. I can't do what mm. I would like to do. I mm -hmm. can't read properly mm. or I can't write my memory. I can't remember stuff. Mm. I can't organize my life. And, and I get ridiculed. I get bullied. Mm. And I get teased. And so many people, mm. they, they are very much misunderstood. Mm. And it's interesting. Your show is dealing with mental health. Hooray. Mm -hmm. Because it is a taboo subject. And in fact, a lot of dyslexics have anxiety, mm. depression, mm. panic. Mm. There's a stigma there as well, isn't there? There is a stigma. Yeah. Ricky, yeah. she's describing me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, to give it to give some background, because yeah. you had was a regional conference very recently, didn't you? And I, I got did. I I saw that on social media. Right. Had I known about it earlier, I would have loved to get to talk into to sort of as a, as a you preview. You could have come. You could have come. But now you Another can time. review it for us. So how how did that go? And what was the aims of that conference? The aim of this conference was to address yeah. mental health in children. Okay. Because there are so many emotional difficulties that teachers in school find difficult to cope with, mm -hmm. maybe the parents as well mm -hmm. and, and the whole family, it affects everybody. But we had a wonderful speaker called Rob Long mm -hmm. who is an educational psychologist yeah. but we, we met at Barnard Castle School which is a lovely, lovely yeah. school mm -hmm. they want to be a dyslexia friendly school. Right. Wouldn't it be lovely if all... Would that be the first of its kind then? Or is that no, or the there ready are summer? dyslexia friendly schools around right. but mm -hmm. not nearly enough. Yeah. Okay. And that would be a wonderful aim Mm -hmm. uh, if we could have more dyslexia-friendly schools mm -hmm. in the northeast, because the provision to give support is very patchy, mm -hmm. and it's it's a bit like a lottery. Um, some schools are wonderful, others they just haven't got the teachers with the time or the expertise. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it, dyslexia needs to be raised on profile mm -hmm. to make it important. A lot of people understand about autism. ADHD, mm -hmm. dyspraxia, all those things can coexist with mm -hmm. dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And you can get dyscalculia if you have difficulty with numbers. I want to ask you about that later on. <laughs> Dysgraphia if you have problems writing. Yeah. There, are, there are a whole host of things, but that doesn't mean to say it's bad. Mm -hmm. Dyslexia is a gift. Mm -hmm. And what needs to happen is their gifts and talents need to be yeah. unpacked and displayed. Yeah. I mean, look at all the wonderful sportsmen, musicians, mm -hmm. artists... I mean, we have a wonderful patron, Simon Donald, who is a comedian. Yeah, he founded the business. I know Simon Donald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, there you go. Yeah. So I don't know if he's listening, but, <coughs> you know, um, he, he's a, a, a lovely guy. And um, so we're going to have a gig in July. He's had fundraising gigs at the Clooney and so on, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, we're like going to have one yeah. at Clooney on the 14th of July. Okay. Mm -hmm. And genuinely, we, we want to reach out to dyslexics to give them hope. Mm. I think that is the most important message. Mm. So we have... Um, an office base in Medwell Connected in North Shields. 
And there are, there's another charity there called Anxious Minds. I don't know if you've come across yeah, them. Yeah, we know mm-hmm. that. They pr- are providing wonderful services to help support people. And genuinely, um, we're trying to help listen to what people's problems are, mm-hmm. do screening for dyslexia and assessment so that they can then say, right, I, I need my help and support, whether it's at school mm or whether it's at university, college, or in the workplace, mm-hmm. because it needs to be recognised. Yeah, because um, one of the things that I, I've talked <coughs> about dyslexia in a number of different formats on a lot of different shows, because I think it's very similar to what we preach about with mental health, mm-hmm. is that I don't think it's addressed quick enough, like as in in terms of like young enough, because... Um, to give you a little backstory about my history of dyslexia in terms of finding it out was that it's it, it, the, the serious subject matter about what you're just describing is the the, the bullying aspect of um and you know i i don't want to upset my family when i say this but it is a harsh reality of i used to get teased mm-hmm. by my family because you know my handwriting was awful and you know i i would yeah, I can give you a really, really silly example, and I I remember it because you know you know how like when you look you 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 let you um go back to old memories of your childhood and you still have that feeling of like feeling so completely um isolated like yeah, yeah. embarrassed yeah. like and the the example I gave was I um replaced the word I, I was in a I was in the scouts. And I remember this session like really vividly because I remembered how embarrassed I was because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, but I thought it was just, you know, people just go, you're thick or something like that. That's that's the common way of dealing with it. Because I swapped rugby, the word rugby, with ruby. Um, and, I, and I kept saying ruby and I was just not aware that I wasn't, that I was doing that. So I was convinced in my head I was saying the right word. So yeah. I kept going, why is everyone laughing at me? It's, yeah. it's Ruby. And yeah. I kept saying, Ruby, Ruby, yeah. Ruby, Ruby. And they just went, like, laughed at me, like, went, what, what's wrong with you? Like, kind of in that, in that sense. And it was only years later, because I just, you know, when you have an experience like that, you very often don't deal with something. So I um, found myself, only when I got to university and I went, I was struggling to keep up with doing the notes for, like, lectures and whatnot, that um, I, I had, luckily, the, the, the foresight and encouragement around me to go to like the student union and and say um i'm having trouble with notes and stuff and they got me to do a bunch of tests and then i finally got told about what dyslexia is so i'm curious to it does it you've nodded during that whole process is that a common example of what you find you hear in regards to dyslexia absolutely Mm -hmm. because you see you're an intelligent person you're mm-hmm. not daft, you're not stupid. Mm. And in fact, you've got a lot of talent. But so what happens is dyslexics often try and find a way around things in mm-hmm. order to cope. But a lot of them inside feel very anxious and very sort of emotional about how this has all happened because yeah. they mm-hmm. know if they were given the right help, they mm-hmm. could absolutely fly. Mm-hmm. And it's just because... Um, it, it sort of goes on for years and, and because people don't understand I think this is what we've got to do mm. is to try and mm. raise awareness of what <clears throat> sex it is it's not somebody trying to cheat their way out of whatever mm. yeah that's another thing it yeah. is mm. not that mm. at all it is a genuine problem mm. because a dyslexic has a brain which is structured differently yeah mm. the anatomy the neurons and and all the things um it's different Mm-hmm. And so what needs to happen is people need to stop and listen and yeah. say, right, mm-hmm. 
let's see what we can do to fix this. Yeah. Because y- you can't get rid of it. Mm-hmm. But if you're given the right help and support from the age of about seven or eight, it will make a huge difference. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can spot kid is even as long, young as three mm-hmm. that they might be dyslexic because with our Peter, he, he didn't like doing jigsaws, but he loved stories. He loved being re- read to, mm-hmm. but he really struggled. So what are those early signs that, 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 that you can spot and look out for? And well, what happens is if a child is not doing the reading and the mm-hmm. writing as quickly as their mates right. in, in class, yeah. and, and you think... God, you still, you've only written a couple of words. Yeah. Or they might have written them the wrong way round, back to front. Yeah. Or just misspelt them. Mm. So, like, phonetic spelling mm. or bizarre I phonetically spell. That's, that's, yes. my, that's my main. And, mm. and see, Peter spelt mm. butterfly, B-T-F-L-I. Yeah. Of course. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> it's great for shorthand, like, it, it, text it messages now. You can you just see, phonetically get away with loads of things. A lot but, of people say, oh, well, yeah. you've got to stay in, uh, in in the lunch hour. You've got to miss your play outside and you've got to do all these yeah. sentences writing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so disheartening and mm-hmm. really... What needs to happen, as I say, we need to recognise dyslexia mm-hmm. and we need mm-hmm. to put measures in place yeah. and help the teachers and the parents. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, because it, it's so interesting, isn't it? Because it, it to me, as you were talking there, it makes me think about, as I just said, it, it's a good comparison to what we talk about in terms of mental health because mm-hmm. I, I, it, it sounds really simple, doesn't it, to say it really does come down to just understanding what a person has and how to deal with it appropriately and yet it doesn't seem to happen um, and it or if it does like you just said I think it does happen far too late in a lot of instances like you know an unnecessary um, hardship mm-hmm. essentially mm-hmm. Um, yeah because um, we've just touched on this because I just said like an example of what my dyslexia is like um, I think another thing I think is worth us talking about is that there's different like sort of kinds of dyslexia in terms of like well, or at least like how it manifests itself and I think that's kind of interesting to talk about because people usually associate I guess um, I always go to the Eddie Azard joke because I think it's hilarious when he said that joke at the beginning I don't know if you know this joke but I he says that you, you, you <laughs> well um, it, it's just basically yeah, in one of his early stand-ups he says um, I, I'm dyslexic or actually I'm mildly dyslexic because a person came up to me and said no I'm more dyslexic than you so I'm you're only mildly dyslexic <laughs> yeah. And so I have to say I'm, you know, and he's like, it's a bit like a Bud Light, as in I have to say I'm light, I'm, I'm a light dyslexic. <laughs> um, and I liked that because, you know, um, we, we talk about this on the show all the time, is that you get quite, you get people who become competitive about mental health, which I think is kind of dangerous. The worst case yeah, um, I always describe it as mental health top trumps. Yes, you know, where they go, like, well, you know, yeah, well, um, you know, um, th- th- I can't remember what sketch I'm referring to, but there was a comedy sketch by a couple of double acts where they go... Um, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to me. Um, I think it's Monty Python, isn't it? Is it Monty Python or something? Not, um, Where they go, it's nothing like what I went through, and then they start going, oh, I lost mean, a foot. The Yorkshireman uh, sketch, yeah, the Yorkshireman sketch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, isn't it? Where they yeah. just like try and top each other with, no, that's terrible. That I lost a toenail, <laughs> and it's, it becomes more and more ridiculous <laughs> yeah. as it goes on. But anyway, but yeah, so so to to talk to us about. Um, in your experience, like, because, um, you know, as again, it's all about, you know, educating some people essentially on this program is to say what type of dyslexia, you know, how, how different can it be in different cases, basically? Yes, it can vary, but it's like a spectrum. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can have mild dyslexia, which often gets missed. Mm-hmm. And you might be picked up at university, not at school, and you say, oh, yeah. you're managing all right. You're, you're doing average. Mm-hmm. So they don't bother. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be moderately 
dyslexic or severely dyslexic. And mm. if you're severely dyslexic, it's pretty noticeable because yeah. you really struggle with all the, the reading and the writing and the understanding and the memory, that there are huge issues. Mm -hmm. And literally, it's, it's very hard for the kids and for the families. And the teachers often get stuck unless they've got special training to help them so they can support kids it really can be quite a problem but there's 10 percent of people in the uk have dyslexia of some form or another mm -hmm. and i think um if you had a class of, of 30 kids three of those are likely to have mm. got dyslexia and they might have it with dyspraxia autism or adhd as well mm -hmm. it's interesting in class yeah. in the classroom when on just just on that point it's like you know when they have sets yes. for people who are the most mm. intelligent they talk but yeah. And you always, I always felt sorry for those who are in the in the bottom set because yes. they made to feel kind of like that they're not because they can't achieve and yeah. they can't do what the teachers wanting them to do mm. and they fail their sats and all that. Mm -hmm. They are put in the bottom set because mm. they don't have the time to to deal with it yeah. unless they've got specially trained teachers. Mm. And and it's just so sad because they know that they're bright. They know they can do stuff. They just need the help. Mm -hmm. And that it's so demoralizing mm. for these kids. <laughs> Yeah, so they play up and then yeah. they'll, they might act the clown mm -hmm. or they say, miss, I, I want to go out, I, I want to go outside. I, I can't cope with this. And or they daydream mm -hmm. looking out the yeah. window and you think. Yeah, because I found out as well. And I think hopefully it will be interesting for, you know, people listening to this in terms of spotting some examples that are misconstrued as something else. Because, if, as I said, for me, the one thing I got teased about by my like family and, and, and when I was doing handwriting classes when I was very young was that like there was a strange situation where I was ambidextrous when I was growing up. So um, and they they again, I always you know have resentment towards the school system for doing this to me because i was ambidextrous i was able to do left and right hand at the same time so i used to just like write and i used to finish handwriting classes like ridiculously early but so <laughs> their solution was to make me pick a hand even though ambidextrous is really rare um and i always really resent them for that because um uh, and then what i'm getting at though when i become one-handed just writing so i left hand i was left-handed because i felt more um uh like uh right for me mm -hmm. um is i started writing and i was really struggling to keep up with people um so there was a con there was a there was a huge di difference because i guess my ambidextrous skill was hiding it yeah. so when i started doing that i suddenly became um really really slow so how, how i how my brain and myself like coped with the idea is i would write faster but a lot more illegible yes. um so yes. my teasing for a lot of years was that my handwriting was awful and just why don't you write slower uh or properly yeah and um mm. it, it used to really really get me down because the, the 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 thing i was trying to get across was i am struggling to keep up with this but mm. when they say that you're doing something wrong you're less mm. inclined to tell somebody um yes. it's the same principle yeah. that we have with depression and stuff like yeah. that which is why yeah as you quite so eloquently put i, I would love to be in a society where in a in a school system where you feel more um secure to voice um these kind of problems in not a like um embarrassing and humiliating way because i think that's what yep. that that's what the situation is so how in a sense like because i know we've talked about it in a very generalistic point i want to talk about like dyslexic northeast now yes. and um and just to like know how does that organization help like what kind of stuff do you guys do 
to sort of help the situation, as it were. You have a particular focus on education. Yes. Am I right in that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when we founded it in 2005, mm-hmm. we had um, an aim and the objects and mm-hmm. the idea was to promote education mm-hmm. for yeah. people who, um, so they can achieve their potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, so we applied to become a registered charity yeah. and then we start, started meeting in a school in Newcastle, mm-hmm. RGS Junior School, and that was lovely because we were able to invite parents with children, mm-hmm. and we had speakers. Mm-hmm. So we picked topics, mm-hmm. and we shared our ideas and how to support the children. And so from there, it, it's grown. So we now have a parents' talking circle. We have um, activities for children. Mm-hmm. We do parent and child workshops mm-hmm. and as well as conferences but basically we're there on an end of a phone for people to ring us if they want to come in and just have a chat mm-hmm. because sometimes the confidence is affected in children mm. and yeah. adults they feel so unhappy their so self-esteem takes a knock absolutely yeah. and they get frustrated mm. and they, they find it very difficult because they want to so so muchly they want to express themselves exactly. they know that but they're unable and, and to, if yeah. the body doesn't allow you to put yeah. what you've got in your brain down onto yeah, paper yeah. it really is hard mm. and and i think some people just don't understand mm. that that is a reality mm-hmm. so what they need is uh, the right support so we offer a lot of that mm-hmm. and we we have a small team of people and we try our best to sort of help them support them yeah. and give them ideas because yeah. there's a lot written about yeah. dyslexia there's some lovely books there's some lovely yeah. books that we've produced and it's about say oh did you know that learning in a multi-sensory way is a good thing mm-hmm. we don't use our senses enough mm-hmm. so you've got <coughs> the seeing the saying and the feeling mm. and understanding and the taste and smell mm. all these things if you used a multi-sensory um, approach mm-hmm. it actually helps somebody to learn because if you're not interested in something you won't learn it mm-hmm. because so how in, sorry how influential can you implement them into our education system then do they do they actually <coughs> listen to charities like yourself and well it would be nice if they did, they did but yeah. i mean we have been into schools to do workshops right and so it, 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 it's a start okay. but what needs to happen the teachers who get trained in mm. teacher training schools that is the time when they should all be helped mm-hmm. because a lot of the teachers that we know they haven't been given the, the support or teaching mm. and i think if if they were mm-hmm. they might understand better mm-hmm. and actually have more teachers who can help the children with special needs right. because this is what's happening and you see it takes time mm. you cannot fix it in five minutes of it course. takes months mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and actually to give the children encouragement yeah. so that you can get there mm-hmm. you can climb the barriers if mm-hmm. you're given a chance but it, it's um i think as i say schools are so different mm-hmm. and uh, i mean you've got nunnikirk which is a specialist school but that there aren't enough teachers being trained mm. i think that's it i feel sorry for the teachers because they have more and more to do and that but there's too much of a ticky box culture we need to help exactly, the kids yeah. to think to work yeah, thank thinking. you yeah i thought <laughs> that we see that all the time yeah it frustrates me because that's one of the reasons i never became a teacher like it was my original career path i wanted right. to be a teacher but um i found through my own problems that i experienced because i have bipolar disorder as well as dyslexia so it's interesting because what you said was so profound uh, you said this at the open when we first started talking to you was um 
that dyslexia is very often like underpinned by another problem and for me i i don't think my dyslexia was really dealt with because i had problems with depression and and mental health issues way before then and so it's it's more about uh, which i think is why what you just said there is really accurate because it's more about like sort of getting like um workload out of somebody Mm -hmm. as opposed to critical thinking and Mm -hmm. and and thinking for themselves and you know we're we're a fact-based sort of um way of dealing with things Mm -hmm. you know everybody knows to say 1066 but they might not know what it means or i mean you're you're absolutely right about this um ticky ticky box box culture because it's it's almost like okay we've talked about it so so there it is but there's no kind of follow through to make sure that what we're well, talking we about. Well, we need to do something yeah. about it because yeah. I mean the poor teachers are they're yeah. absolutely they're overstretched. It is. They as well. are. I mean, yeah. we have a daughter who teaches and and they just don't have any time. And mm. what what we need to do is to turn education round instead yeah. of churning out all these facts. Mm. It's actually help them to work out to think how to mm. do problems. Mm. So if you base things on projects, mm-hmm. for instance, you know, build an build an adventure playground in your school or something then they would have to do things like math they'd have to yeah. measure they'd have to think now how are we going to do this who who's going to be involved mm-hmm. and who's it going to be for mm-hmm. and, and what is it going to achieve yeah. and that way it would be so much more fun yeah. and great. then if you can enthuse them with their imagination that's great and the other thing is they need more exercise you know we, we don't have enough exercise in between yeah. and if you did things like brain gym which is an excellent form of getting the brain going yeah Mm. Little things like this can make a huge difference mm-hmm. to children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's helping them to feel they can achieve. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because, as I say, just because uh, we have to end now because <coughs> we're at a half hour, we've got play ads and stuff. But I guess just it's great to hear you talk about it because, as I say, like, um, as you quite rightly say, you know, we're a, we're a big fan of. We joke that we've got we should have like the the word in lights behind us saying prevention because we're very much a prevention. But it's an interesting as well that the past guests quite recently as well have, have always put down education as that being a potential like a yeah. where things can turn around and create a you know more inclusive society. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but what I was gonna what I was gonna say was um was that. I've like learned as an adult how to deal with my with with particular situations because like I meditate for example and I and I and I it really helps me in terms of helping with my mood disorder but with my dyslexia I'm pretty certain I don't um I don't um I don't think I've dealt with it enough that it doesn't affect me as much as it should like and I think it basically crowbars in like we were just talking about that I don't think it got diagnosed early enough for me so I look at that as not to feel sorry for myself but as you quite elegantly put why can't we do that in a in an easier like for 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 this generation and the previous generation the next generation like to be able to cope Same with, with me. it my, my own diagnosis um, of PTSD came after I graduated and yeah. I wonder what difference it might have made right if it was there before great well we need to play for ads and then we've got an next guest very kindly who's waiting sorry he hasn't been waiting too long um but yeah so we're going to play some ads now but all of these me to say liz uh, ferguson thank you so much for coming in thank um you. thank you for talking so eloquently about dyslexia yeah. something that's again close to my heart or close to my brain maybe might be a better way of saying it <laughs> do you want to quickly tell yeah. us about your online presence yes like what, yes uh, um, we have a website, www.dyslexianortheastengland.org.uk, mm-hmm. but we are changing that to 
and then info at dne.org.uk for the email to make it simpler. But do get in touch and give us a ring. Brilliant. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Please come on again sometime. That was really awesome, yeah. Great. So what we're going to do now is huge thank you to Liz for being on. We're going to take a break right now. We've got our next guest kindly waiting who's uh, got a guitar, which I'm interested in seeing. So, um, yeah, so we're going to play some ads right now and then we're going to play Poison by Alice Cooper and we'll be back in about five minutes' time here on Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM. Oh, I love that song. That was obviously the rather brilliant Alice Cooper with Poison. Well, I say obviously, you might not know that song at all. So I saw Alice Cooper live yeah. once yeah. Uh, when he played the City Hall in the 90s, yeah. Did he have his snake? No, he didn't, <laughs> but he did wear a Newcastle top. <laughs> which, which, do you remember when Keegan, it was Keegan's era, and it yes. seemed like a lot of bands and musicians that came put on the top just to, you know, fit in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when Tony Blair played headers with him. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I remember that really, really well. Yeah. So like, I'm going to fit in by having the most entertaining team because I'm really dull. I just think, I just think schools, that schools, that was just a, a, a fantastic anthem. Yeah. I oh, no, I do like Alice Cooper and he's like a remarkably nice person. Like, whenever I see him on like Nevermind the Buzzcocks when he yeah. hosted and stuff. He's really interesting. He's, he's, really, he's one. quite an interesting guy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, considering like, you know, when he, you see his act, it's all like, you know, extravagant and snakes and women and and throwing, flying around throwing chickens yeah. in the audience yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's all like Ozzy Osbourne yeah, type yeah. stuff yeah. anyway cool so um, huge thank you to Liz Ferguson that was a really interesting interview as Brilliant, I mentioned it, with yeah. dyslexia really close to my brain rather than heart I guess and uh, yeah so um, obviously as she mentioned please do um, get in touch with them if you do have dyslexia uh, particularly if you're younger than when I found out because it's obviously an important thing um, but um, our next guest has been waiting really really patiently and I'm super excited because I was just saying to Ricky in the break this is the first time I think in since we moved to Spice Studio because we used to be on community radio that we've got a person playing guitar I'm so excited Um, so we just did a little bit of like um, obviously uh, checking the levels were okay beforehand and it sounds pretty good so I'd like to welcome Simon Taylor to the show hello sir hello Stephen thanks thanks for having me you're welcome no problem at all Um, obviously um as you know we do a mental health show so I'm I, we obviously you know in my notes it's got I've got written down that you've obviously got something that we can talk about in that course, sense and yeah. I always as a bit of uh, of a disclaimer are you comfortable I should ask you this in the break but we're doing sound is are you comfortable with anything that I ask you and all that kind of thing Absolutely, obviously Stephen, yeah. you know we won't ask you anything like ridiculous no, 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 no. <laughs> are you a racist <laughs> <laughs> oh yes I am no oh, god we need to we need to, everyone stop the, stop the music um, but yeah no um, so yeah I'd just to break the ice because it is kind of silly when you go can I ask you anything well <laughs> what's your view on cheese because um, if the answer is no you're leaving <laughs> oh no I'm affirmative on that okay good that's fine yeah so thanks cool. when I revealed to you I wasn't a big fan of cake you wanted to chuck me out of the yeah, video yeah, no. yeah I still haven't forgiven <laughs> you for haven't gone over that yet <laughs> oh yeah because you went I don't really feel fan cake and I'm like get out it's like if you said, don't like chocolate or something yeah. um, but, but anyway so um, but yeah so um, I, I, I'm, I'm assuming based on having a tar and you're playing your own songs, I assume. Yes, um, right. Is it you? Are you a performer? Yeah, uh, um, that's right. I've got. I've been working with a band for the last well six years, I guess. And the the, the genre, is, I suppose, is singer songwriter. Um, I, I like Latin and funk and jazz and rock, so it's a bit of a mix, really. Great. And um, particularly Latin, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, I like. I mean, they sound like a man close to my heart because I, I play. I like. I um, used to play a lot of acoustic gigs oh, back in yes, the day yes. um so yeah i i like all sorts of general music so Brilliant, um, yes. um that that sounds awesome so um so how did the band start like you said six six years ago did you say like yeah. was it your band or was it a friend's band pretty much pretty much my own because i'd been writing a lot i started writing songs quite a while ago i guess and um mm-hmm. 
I got to a point where I wanted the band to kind of stop performing these songs. So we did some recording uh, back in 2011, and that became an album which was released in 2013. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been gigging with the band. Because uh, I have mental health problems, we don't gig. We gig a bit, but, you know, it's not... Yeah. Uh, Torwin would be beyond me. Well, state record companies would probably agree anyway. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it's... Um, I... Um, I've, I've been busy with that for, for, for six years and looking to make another album I'm halfway through well planning making another album at the moment yeah. great yeah. I, 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 t- again uh, um, we talk about we have both mental health issues as well and um, when I used to gig that was the number one problem for me um, it was the it's because um, which I'll, I'll ask you directly because I always ask, love asking performers this because I used to be part of like a performance circle for a long time yes. and um, it used to be like my thing um, yes. and I kind of sort of almost like kind of gave it up I mean this is a performance I guess in a, in a sense but um, in terms of just doing gigging and stuff I kind of gave it up because it's it's the the highs and lows of just doing it is is hard enough so I imagine this is obviously a good segue to your disorder which we, we can talk about is like it's really hard isn't it because it's 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 a moody profession as it is because you've got the unbelievable high the natural high of performing and then the miserable low you get straight after it because you get the downer period as performers you'll totally understand what i mean so can you tell us like from your point of view like dealing with that and in relation to your disorder as well like how hard it was it's exactly the same as you describe it yeah. right? that um it's been an issue recently to be perfectly honest even this year um I think one way around it is I've written loads of songs, and so I'm in due course. Well, pretty soon I'm going to focus on the recording side a bit more. Um, mm-hmm. not, not to say I'm not going to continue gigging. I'm having a, a wee break from gigging. I've been gigging relatively often for six and a half years. Good. Uh, and I feel that I'm at a stage now where I want to have a break and focus a bit more on on recording. But yeah, yeah. it can be very it can be very stressful. I've, I've experienced that twice within. Last month, to be perfectly honest, I had, yeah. a, I had a really tough gig last month. I just didn't feel very well, you know. Yeah. That's the truth of the matter. I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to enjoy gigs, but I didn't. And yeah. It was tough mm-hmm. and it was really tough gig. Did you find yourself in that whole thing of, I really want to go, but I don't think I can go, but I need to go? <laughs> like, that, I, felt that, I didn't yeah. want to be there. Yeah. I, didn't, I, I had a gig last month. I just didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. And I was suffering. I was suffering and I felt terrible after the gig. And it doesn't happen to me very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was the least enjoyable gig I've ever yeah. done in my life. The last gig. I can tell you just to feel better. Then I'll just because I, I, I'll, I'll throw it to Ricky if he's got anything to ask you. Is um, <laughs> the worst gig I ever had because um, I did um, you know because I, I I did I was always afraid of doing guitar to begin with because I thought it was like because it's like my soul more so I didn't mind being funny and being silly like we are on this show um, because I think that's like part that's who I am personality wise. But like my music meant a lot to me as I'm sure any performer says that. Um, so before that, I did stand-up comedy, um, and and I, I I found it all right, but it just didn't feel like it was my thing. Like I did enjoy, I do like making people laugh, but stand-up comedy is a whole different game. And the worst gig I ever had, which was stand-up comedy, was I really like you just so described, and it like transformed me back to that point. Was I really just didn't want to be there, and I really. And obviously, this was a long time ago. It probably was when I was first at university, so it was probably like nineteen or something. And I really just didn't want to do the gig, but I was in this mindset of, and I don't know as much experience as I do now with my own illness, is that 
um, or disorder, I should say, is that like I didn't know how to handle it at the time. So I did my whole dad in my brain going, you must do it. You've got to work hard. You've got to still do it. Like that sort of worth ethic type thing. You don't want to say no. And you're like, it's an opportunity. You can't turn it down. And um, I got on stage and completely froze. Um, and um, I just did 10 minutes of like, and I managed to get laughs out of just like, I, I turned it into me. It was like a routine of searching for a joke. So I started looking looking around the stage, like looking under seats going, can anyone find a joke? Um, and it, yeah, I got a laugh out of that about, but literally it was six minutes of me going, um, mm, but not in a, I, I not, couldn't remember anything. I just was like, I just don't want to be here. Like, and like the light was on and like, it just, and I just yeah. felt so embarrassed and like, and obviously comedians don't let you forget it when you finish as well. So they're not the most sympathetic of sorts. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, so there's a little quick, like sort of a uh, sharing thing of like, yeah. Um, Tell us more about, um, schizoaffective disorder then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, well, it's, um, it's a kind of mixture of bipolar and uh, schizophrenia in a way. I suppose the ups and downs is the best, probably best way to describe it. I, I was diagnosed with it in 2001, mm-hmm. and, that, you know, that's what I have. Uh, I've, had a, I've had a bad turn recently, to be honest. I, I've not been... I've had a really rough couple of months since about March. I went on a holiday to Tenerife on my own, which is tends to be a good thing, and uh, I felt terrible out there. I got there, and I looked around and went, uh-oh, too far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been... I've travelled on my own before, but... It, as soon as I got there, I thought, this is just too far. It's like five hours from home uh, on the plane. And I had a really, really, really rough time. And it's been it's been tough since then. I used to add the travel bug and, and my own condition stops me yeah, as well sometimes. It's not but, good. Yeah. It's a shame. Because yeah. I love traveling as well. So it's yeah. a shame when something like that happens, you know. It's uh, it's not good. It's, it's, it's a shame. So back to music then. Yeah. Do, you, do you see or do you sort of see it um, as a way of sort of art therapy in a way? Does it, does it help? Oh, does yeah. It really helps. It, it really does. So I've had some... Uh, that include yeah. when you're when you're you know um, you know tr- motivation for lyrics and that kind of thing as well as performing or yeah particularly writing songs uh, the, the thing I really enjoy we we're talking about gigging who that can be scary the yeah. thing I really enjoy is writing songs I love it and, and that's the one place mm. the place I can always go to is writing songs I, I do love it and there's no one put any pressure on you mm. you just you, you've got cop launch to do what you want and it's, it's probably what I'm best at to be honest yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I so understand that. Uh, I, used to, I, I used to jam I, in university yeah, as well, yeah. but my anxiety would stop me from going because I used to jam with friends, and yeah, I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't join them on stage because the anxiety was just so. because yeah, I used to get regular anxiety attacks then, yeah, and like yeah. you know when because my my thing was like graphic design, so I would do these things called crits. Yeah. So like so I actually publicly had to speak and defend my work. Yes. <laughs> and, and and I just. Like as Stephen said, that sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. And I like speaking in front of people. That sounds there. Uh, well, I but, do uh, now uh, as well. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, it's just um, it's funny you say about songwriting because I, I I so understand that because I used to think if I didn't gig and stuff that it would just leave us and then I'd be like it didn't mean as much as it did. And I so understand what you mean about gigging because gigging can be good if people appreciate what stuff you do. It's really it is nice and it's very it's, it it reinforces what you're doing. But then playing at home is like sort of just counts as much as the like finding a song that really feels like it's you extended is like what makes it the the whole idea really interesting. Um, so I I I still do that anyway, and I don't care if like nobody hears it. It's just for you. it should only be just for you, just to start yeah, with. Yeah. You know, there's a lot to be said for open mics as well. You know, yeah. for doing stuff like that. I, I, that's what I kind of if I've ever written a new song, I'll go and open mic and. You can you can sit, make that your gig. You don't have to have your name attached to it. You can just rock up, play two or three songs, 
and you kind of satisfying the performing gig to an extent if you can mm-hmm. do some of that. You know, it doesn't have to be that, but it can mm-hmm. be it can be an option. You know, do you find that quite much better than into because I suppose if you're if there's a gig with your name in lights and stuff, there's there's less pressure there. But if you go on an open night open mic, that you can just go there with less ease and so. I find the open mics you, you don't have to tell. Well, for example, a gig you can have, you have to promote it for weeks in advance, tell yeah. people that you're, you're playing. Yeah. And I had one recently which was a bit more high profile for me, mm. and I was I was not in a good way because as a it was last month and I, and I wasn't in a good way from what happened and you're apprehensive about it. Whereas open mic you don't have to tell anyone, you don't have to go on mm. Facebook, you don't have to say it to anyone I'm playing. You, you can just yeah. literally just rock up and just play your guitar. You know the standards completely varied in an exciting, interesting way. So mm. that's mm. a good thing. So I, there's a lot of recommend open mics just to. Just to, yeah. just to get get new stuff out. Yeah. I'm going to probably the songs I'm going to play today. I'll probably play these at open mics. So these are the first time I've ever played them. So as you can see, it's good living sheets. <laughs> well, as we could say, yeah. Um, but the, 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 I I agree because like the great thing about open mics is I guess the sort of less expectation. So like the, the you know because it's it, it, I used to enjoy going to open mics because if someone would try something new, I used to always love comedians used to come with jokes that we we're working on, and then if a joke just completely fell flat, it was always funny to see a comedian go, okay, that didn't work. Um, next, <laughs> next song, next, next, next thing. So I like open mics. I think they actually they like, can be quite enjoyable. Depends what kind of crowd you get though, because sometimes you get crowds. Who who just want people to fail, um, yes. uh, but yeah. So, but in well, general, the poetry um, slam scene is becoming more popular. Yeah, we talk about yeah, this yeah, yeah. Well, the one place I would recommend, you know, in that regard, is is Ernest Bar. They have a thing called Freshly. Uh, what's it called? Um, freshly Mike as well. I think I have forgot the name. You know, but yeah, uh, I think I've heard. I know, I yeah, I've heard it's of that, yeah. excellent. That the crowd are really supportive. It's just such a range of stuff you get there. It's, it's scary in a way of performing there, but it's a, it's a good one. I try yeah. to do that when I'm a yeah. Yeah. friend of mine recently. Won Very one, cool. So, um, so how, um, uh, we may have enough for like a couple of songs. Is that okay? Yeah, is, yeah, it, is two is what you want to do? Um, yes, uh, yeah. That'd be great. Great. So um, so what we'll do then, I guess, just if you wouldn't mind just saying, I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm sure you're a pro. You've probably if you don't open mics, you kind of have to do this. You want to stop playing. <laughs> so yeah, if you just say what songs you're doing and like yeah. um, uh, just let me know when you finish, basically. Yeah, if there's, there's a story behind the song you want to tell oh, yeah, people, please do, yeah. Well, the first one's called uh, Brighter Day, and uh, I wrote it just like at the end of winter. I, I often see the write songs at the end of winter, just asking for the sun to come out, you know, and, um, but obviously um, with the, the theme Brighter Day can also refer to the state of mind, I guess, mm-hmm. and it kind of goes like this. Through fires and rode through plagues In search of finding a place that's safe I've drunk with angels and slept with slaves To keep me company in times of pain Ah 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 Downed an ocean of forming ale Danced with shadows and places grave I've stripped the cold wall of fear away Then lived to tell my bitter tale Brighter day Won't you 
find me a brighter day, brighter day. Someone wanna find me a brighter day The sea is calling out today Beckoning me to my feet Tears run down my face And take my hand We'll both escape Quite a day Won't you find me A brighter day Quite a day Someone find me A brighter day And roll through plagues In search of finding a place that's safe I've drank with angels and slept with slaves To keep me company in times of pain Brighter day Won't you find me a brighter day Brighter day Someone find me a brighter day Awesome, yeah, that's cool to be tricky. <laughs> awesome. Brilliant. Thanks, guys. Cheers. That's awesome. Cool. Well, right. That was debuted on our show especially. Right? <laughs> you had to dodge a at the end. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's all right, man. That was he, really nice. Really privilege, thanks. That was really nice. That, like, nice. chowed me up. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's made out of his bright. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. Have you got one more quick one? Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought cool. I'd cheer you up before bumming you out with this one. <laughs> 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 I thought I'd do a mix. No, that's all right, man. Use it, uh, about 90% of my songs are always, like, kind of depressing with a positive outlook type thing, so <laughs> I totally get it. Mm. Well, this is perhaps in a similar mode or it's slower. It's called Our Crazy Dream, and I guess it's just about fighting for what you want in life despite the fact it seems ridiculously unlikely um, you've just got to fight for it and it goes like this Strolling over golden sands then sailing on the sea Taking off to paradise you floating off with me it's where I want to be Is it a fantasy? Far away I see your eyes gazing out at me Promising a better life Far from misery and this insanity That's taken over me Cause I love our crazy dream And I know you're meant for me It's elementary what to do to change reality Pray beneath the rising moon until love sets you free It's in our destiny It's what we need to be I know these times are hard and cold and put you to the test But just believe you've something more to offer than the rest It's in the air you breathe 
there lies the mystery. Cause I love a crazy dream. And I know you're meant for me. Desperate is this call of mine, distant is the plea. Waiting for the touch divine to stir inside of me is every deity that I can speak to me. Envelop me in solitude or throw me to the streets. Whatever is the course you choose, I swear I'll do the deeds that you demand of me. Like a tragedy. Cause I love a crazy dream. And I know you're meant for me. There's one last thing I'd like to say before I end the scene. Before all my head turns to grey and I'm shaking like a tree, I need your melody implanted deep in me. So hold me like a trembling dove, waiting to be free. There's so much more to see through love, so much that's left in me, I need the company of a visionary. Cause I love our crazy dream And I know you're meant for me Yes, I love our crazy dream And it's something I can see Awesome. awesome, awesome, awesome. <laughs> that was great. I was like, that felt like, I felt really therapeutic there. There's one yeah. part I was just like, ah, oh, this is great. Oh, <laughs> that was really great. That That's was great. really awesome. Yeah, it's so brilliant. We could just end the show there. Yeah, yeah. Just, we're all, like, we're all, night, we're we're all floating away. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just want to like, I just want to, I just want to go to sleep now and I kind of like yeah. euphoric type thing. Like, that was, like, that was really good. Thanks, guys. Um, awesome. So I guess like, because we're going to play it, because we've got a special ad to play for some reason. So, um, so we've got to go and play that in a second. But before you go, um, do you have any gigs coming up or like places people can find your stuff on the web? and all that kind of thing yeah well I'm a, a, a little break from gigs because I haven't been too well but that mm. will that will change in due course um, I'm confident that but in terms of checking me out online if they go to www.simontaylor1.bandcamp.com right. um, it's all there uh, and um, yeah I, we're going to be recording very soon in the studio uh, but that's the plan so Brilliant. there'll be more to and if I was if I was you out there I would I would sneak along to a few open mic gigs you might sort of see him sneak on stage <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was yeah. <laughs> that was really cool was thank you so much for coming in that was yeah. really really fun to have me, um, no problem um, come on yeah. again oh, yeah yeah that would be great yeah, yeah I was just thinking that's, just, that's, so, that's so weird is that like as I listen to this going like because I mean one of the things we did do in the old because uh, we used to do a show that this show used to be on um, um, community um, radio um, oh, really? so we used to do like um, uh, we, used, we used to try and get um, sort of alternate acts on because I think um, the the summary of this because I mean I want people to remember the songs and stuff because it was really good but like I guess the gist is because we try and like reinforce this is that we are like anyone with any sort of mental health issues is just part of who they are yeah. it doesn't mean that it doesn't Zami. lead to <coughs> Newcastle or Iske Girdo Nawah no idea why that's, that's so weird <laughs> what just happened there the computer just suddenly I think it's Skynet 
um, <laughs> from uh, Terminator. It yeah, just um, oh, it's um, Sandy. It's someone's logging in. Sandy logging in. Okay. Um, that was very weird. But anyway, so yeah, so um, yes, I know. I think what, um, you're, what you're saying is that we try and encourage all mediums on this show because there's several ways of of expressing what one's one's definitely. issues and and yeah, the more creative, the better. I think. So. Definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's the point. Yeah, sorry, this is just like as I say, like, I knew uh, that's three years taking over the taking over the ship. So, um, right, so we're gonna play some ads right now. We're gonna play them. Um, um, this is uh, Zuran Zarazin, I think, is what it, what the guy said. So we're going to play that now, and then we'll be back in about ten minutes' time. But huge thank you to Simon uh, for coming on, you, and uh, to Liz. It was Liz, wasn't it? Yeah, Liz, Liz Ferguson, Ferguson um, for being on for the second. Yeah, so um, great. So we'll be right back after these messages. Oh, bit of Judas Priest there with Turbo Lover. Um, I don't want to make any jokes about that, <laughs> about that title. I wonder what they mean. Uh, yeah, I wonder <laughs> what they mean. Um, they must mean. Um, making friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, um, obviously we just played something called uh, Zurazin, Zurazan, I think is how you pronounce it, and it was in relation to, um, I'm guessing something to do with some Indian culture, um, which we got asked to do uh, beforehand. Um, and apologies for the random song that started to play, but um, they were kind of encouraging me um, through remote access to play it, um, even though I already knew. So that I apologise for that slight annoyance. Um, but yeah, so um, that's what that was. Um, um, obviously, just apparently, uh, Ricky just told me during the break as a one as just for this month, it's something to do um, with obviously because we are a, a, a um, predominantly like sort of Asian, well, based in Asian roots uh, radio show mm-hmm. radio station. So um, obviously, a dear to what they ask us to do in relation to Spice FM, because um, I, I know that I haven't said this for the last couple of shows because they've introduced introduced a new way of communicating to the show um, and now I've, I think I've worked out how to do that process so obviously we're going to encourage people who are listening to this show Mentally Sound which is on every fortnight 12 to 2pm on Fridays their second and last Friday of the month um, is to encourage you to talk um, so if there's anything that we're talking about or you have a question um, obviously if I can get this ball rolling in terms of uh, the WhatsApp working um, you can send us a message and we will answer accordingly either with a guest if it's something guest orientated or for me and Ricky to answer mental health orientated because obviously that makes a great deal of sense so the number that uh, the WhatsApp mobile for Spice FM if you want to get in touch with us message wise is 07881 nine double eight that's oh seven eight eight one nine double eight nine double eight um so if you have any questions to me or ricky or the show or spice fm whatever it may be um hopefully i will be able to read it because i've got whatsapp up on the computer um so if you've got any messages hopefully we shall receive them and embrace them and receive them <laughs> and embrace them but yeah so as if you've been tuning in to the show um uh, from the beginning of this, when this show started at 1 p.m., um, we never had a chance. Really, uh, sorry, at 12 p.m., mm. we ha- we didn't have a chance to catch up. Really, mm. uh, Ricky and I, because we've had uh, two really good guests. So, huge thank you to Simon and to Liz for so far being on the show. There was an outside chance we were going to get a third guest, but we're just assuming she isn't coming. She's someone who's been on the show before, um, so we'll just assume that's not the case. So, me and Ricky will kind of catch up. We'll wait and yeah, see but we'll wait and see. Apparently, she's not here currently, so um, we're going to take um, the assumption that she won't be around. So, yes. Um, so in terms of catching up, because as Ricky knows, um, I think the most obvious place to start, if Ricky's okay with this, is to say there was an outside chance that I might not have been able to come today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a good place to start. And I'll obviously ask Ricky if there's anything he wants to say. But um, as as people know, um, and Ricky, feel free to 
jump in if you've got anything you would like to ask. Um, is yeah, um, obviously during uh, all the shows that we've talked about uh, recently, in particular, has been particularly for Ricky and I talking about looking after each other's moms. And unfortunately, my mom had a really really bad week. Um, because obviously we do now a fortnightly show. Um, and I spent a good part of time in hospital with my mom last night, um, which was obviously worrying. And I had to text Ricky when I got home to say, oh, my sister very kindly as uh, came a day earlier for to visit because she was going to come today. Um, so she's fortunately around to basically look after my mom the entire time, which gave me the chance to come here because I was really concerned as I'm about to. Pardon me, as I'm about to um, get into, because obviously it was a, it was a big situation. Um, so yeah, um, I got a phone call this like yesterday. My mom's been having hallucinations, which she does have little bits of hallucinations with Parkinson's. It is part of um, Parkinson's disease, is that you do get you know a little bit of, of hallucinations, as in sort of. My mom describes them as like sort of. Um, uh, like um, under like sort of pencil outlines of people, so not necessarily real people, but just like an outline of them uh, is the way she's described it to me. So we've been talking about that with her Parkinson doctor for quite a while now. So and she says that they don't really bother her, and she knows what they are. So the Parkinson doctor had no concern in relation to that. But for the last, I would say, ten days. My mom has had a significant difference in hallucinations in terms of the really vivid and really not really looking after herself and kind of just being completely all over the place and getting very, very um, overwhelmed and hysterical and scared. And that uh, started last Saturday at the weekend is that basically she, um, uh, I went to see her and she was relatively okay. And then I got a phone call from my, my her neighbor who would, cause I'd rang her and she picked up the phone which was all over the place and i didn't really know what was going on then a neighbor came into my mom's house and answered the phone and said that my mom was my mom was all over the place hysterical and was saying that there was a bunch of people around and that we were all wearing funny hats and stuff like that so that was obviously a worry at the time and then basically to do the short version because i was talk about this forever um the so she was having these sort of episodes of of hallucinations that was obviously worrying i talked to her doctor as in what um, her mental health nurse um who's involved in looking after my mom and on the monday because obviously it was the weekend it was difficult to get a hold of her um so yeah we talked about that um in in that sense and um we thought it might be that she has a, a urine infection that 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 could distinctly be possible but obviously yesterday kind of changed our minds because um, my sister rang me in the morning and said she was really concerned because my mom hadn't answered the phone for about 45 minutes. Um, so I and it's been very, very difficult and time consuming to help my mom recently because of that, because of this situation. So um, I went round, obviously, because my, my sister sounded very um, worried and concerned. And I got there to find my mom attempting to jump and she's 72 and partially disabled and trying to jump the front fence of like the wall um with our walking stick and she was screaming that um that there was a bad man there in the house and the and the and the house was going to explode so this bad man had a bomb basically is what she was sort of trying to say to us she was really hysterical and she was really all over the place didn't know where she was she was how and it was it was the first time i was i couldn't actually get through to her like as in 
um she was really not responding to talking um i kept she knew who she sort of knew who i was but she was just not calming down she kept just having all these vivid images and she kept saying no and the person was going to come and her eyes like her pupils were really dilated and um she just wanted to just stand in the driveway and not do anything so it was really really hard to um figure out what to do so in a nutshell i rang um i rang the um nurse my ner- the nurse and said i've got an emergency i need to know what to do and then she wouldn't let me in the house because she was fearful that someone was going to hurt me so i went i i basically just kind of got through that and went okay i'm going to go into the house and see tell mom it's going to be all right like i'm letting you know that everything's okay she had kind of messed the place up a little bit which is understandable because she thinks that someone was trying to attack her um and then i went into her um medication uh tray and found that she had took um the wrong tablets at the wrong time um so that leads us to think so i then rang back and said she's took this i think um what do i do and then basically they went you need to get an ambulance so i got an ambulance she went to the hospital she was still kind of a bit muddled and all over the place and hallucination she finally calmed down um as in like she snapped out of it once she sat down on the chair outside our house um but obviously spent i i was in hot uh, we this was about half 11 when the, the ambulance got to my mom's house and i was still in hospital at half five um, looking after her um, because she needed to get a bunch of tests done and she's now uh, while I was heading towards this show um, my my sister and brother were taking her to the Parkinson unit at Rake Lane which is one of the best in the country and to basically talk about medication because basically even though she overdosed on the medication and obviously there was a worry about you know to be completely frank because they ask you this so i'm not saying this to be you know give personal information out or whatever but they did ask like do you think it's suicidal um you know is there any harm in that sense um i don't think so and i i'm so i'm being just completely frank in that regard that essentially she overdosed on something which does have side effects of massive hallucinations and also we found out so the 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 nurse who looked after at the hospital um or doctor uh, rang the parkinson unit directly and they discussed it over the phone like a consultation essentially and realized that she had just this all had been happening within i'd say a fortnight period and we worked out that she had just changed her medication from five tablets to six which sounds like nothing but with parkinson tablets it's a big deal mm-hmm. um and it's a tablet that she's took for a long long time sort of 12 13 years but um it leads to hallucinations as a side effect um and so we think she's had little hallucinations um like in periods which are obviously harmful because if at the time if it happens when she needs to take her tablets she might not be aware what she's doing just to clarify when you said the beginning regard when you first mentioned the hallucinations Mm -hmm. is like part of parkinson's yes is it is it more part of a symptom or is it more part of a side effect or is it or can it be both uh it's a side effect i would say because it is basically a literal direct cause of parkinson's as in there's nothing much she can do about it other than take treatment and it's not like but so but i get what you're saying because i mean the hallucinations could be part of because dealing with hallucinations is going to help my mom's frame of mind obviously Mm -hmm. because particularly the one i witnessed yesterday was terrifying for her luckily i i felt like that before as was a that person. the worst one you'd ever seen yeah seen? like i was generally concerned yeah. um I, I when i when she wasn't actually responding to what i was saying mm. that really p- 
panicked me mm-hmm. um because usually um if she's ever experienced any sort of like depression episode or whatever she usually responds to me quite well uh, at the very least sort of calms down after a while but her hallucination yesterday it lasted an hour and a half right. which is ridiculously long for hallucination so but then once we worked out that she took three times a dose then it's quite understandable they are quite scary to um, witness that. i remember yeah. seeing once with my granddad when he had um, tuberculosis one time mm-hmm. yeah and to deal with that the the meds were, were meant that there were these toxins which were entering the, the brain Mm-hmm. And when that happens, it's like wow, all all sorts goes on. You know, yeah. you, you, they're like a different person, and yeah. he was seeing he was seeing all sorts because he's quite a sort of a uh, an evangelical guy, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah. So you wouldn't expect him to come out with such Absolutely. blue language yeah. at times. Yeah, and then suddenly to see him do the wow, I was like, oh gosh. I, I mean, I, I when I was like, because I the, the, when I say that I am the right person in that situation is because I've felt like that before. Mm-hmm. Um, not to that extent. I mean, I, I was sort of at least aware of what I was going through, but um, but um, I've I've said some unbelievably nasty things, which I obviously you know. Because I like to think I'm a nice person when I'm well, um, it, and I want, and I'm a nice person when I'm unwell. It's because I'm unwell is why I'm not being very nice. So you know, it's, it's I don't take, I don't want to be too, um, harsh on myself. But yeah, I do say I have said some like harsh, very very nasty things to people. And my my, my uh, which you know because we've talked about this openly. Um, you when someone's depressed, they don't say nice stuff to you. Like no. uh, that, especially if you're the person on the front line, is that they yeah. say some incredibly nasty <clears throat> things to you because they want. But it's a lashing out because they're not. They don't know what to do. Um. So anyway, so these hallucinations we think are worked out. I guess to summarize what's been happening recently, is that yeah, the extra tablet is basically too much for my mom. So she's having hallucinations that are leading her to get confused in general and in general contributing to her not looking after herself because I've been going around recently and this has been completely open. And I know there might be be people listening to this who goes, this is a lot of information and quite a personal thing to say. But it's really important because... It, me telling this story is not to make my mom feel humiliated or whatever it is because it is what's happening and part of it's down to Parkinson's which is nowhere near her fault mm-hmm. and also it's part of you know being socially isolated with how with with the age she is mm-hmm. and that she you know is trapped in her own house and all this kind of stuff which we're trying to rectify and we're working really hard to change that and I read about this um in 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 um in, in, you read it in mainstream media, but you only ever hear the the end product of something. You don't hear the process or the journey that people go through in terms of supporting somebody who goes through something like this. This is why I think it's important to be frank on the airwaves and kind of um, and, and talk about um, all this sort of stuff because it is it has been unbelievably difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in a situation yesterday because I literally ran round and just literally chucked some pants on and r- r- went round in a taxi to my mom's. And I left my dog yesterday for about nine hours, um, and I hated it because I think that's cruel. Um, this is just my personal view. Like, uh, and I hadn't fed him because I didn't expect to be obviously go to hospital and be there for hours on end. Mm-hmm. I was just expecting to go around to help my mom because she was struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, that obviously wasn't the case. So hopefully, all these hallucinations will go down, and she'll look after herself because. Um, it leads to it's really it really is a good segue because I know Ricky asked me this at the start of the show because obviously I informed Ricky what was going on because I was like uncertain about what was going to happen today. Um, is it it reinforces that like um, people want to focus on 
the hallucinations and stuff which obviously are hard for my mom and are affecting her ability to look after look after herself and do things that's clear but what people don't spend any time focusing on is the feelings she have mental health wise during the times that she doesn't hallucinate mm-hmm. because the hallucinations are maybe part of the part like part of the, the, the clearly part of the Parkinson tablets now because that's what they've determined so we went back down to five tablets instead of six again so that's part of it but what I'm concerned about is the times that she's not doing that is I'm going around her house and saying that she's not ate for five hours and she doesn't think it's a big deal mm-hmm. and she's not sleeping at the appropriate time. <clears throat> she admitted to me a couple of days ago, which sent off alarm bells to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm interested to ask you because you, you'll know this better than I do because I I understand it to a certain extent, but I trust my alarm is that she's been getting up at four in the morning mm-hmm. for a seven o'clock call mm-hmm. and her reasoning is because I'm terrified I'm going to miss it. Mm-hmm. and I, I that, that to me sounds like an obvious anxiety issue like as in <laughs> just the terrified of not waking up yeah we bought but a responsible person who looks at it objectively goes that means you are actively missing out on three hours worth of sleep yeah which yeah. must make a difference yeah. you know i mean um, the the irony is in my with anxiety timekeeping is is absolutely so yeah. hard to maintain and, and, and yeah. work around i mean it, it's irony and it's in in that whilst you prepare yourself as early as you can um you're still really cutting it fine or yeah. you might end up late it's not you know you don't it's not it's not often i arrive well well in advance and, and all that i'm always there's always something that comes up because that's that's what anxiety does it makes you think of last minute things which needs sorting out or you'll get the nerves you'll get the anxiety attacks but um mm-hmm. yeah sometimes if i've got to get up really really early sometimes i might i might sacrifice sleep entirely mm-hmm. just to just to make my, just to you know because it's not easy um prepare especially in the winter time mm-hmm. you know when it's dark when it gets dark early and it doesn't get uh, it doesn't get light till like well early in the in the, in the morning yeah so you you try and you try and give yourself as much time as an advantage, but yeah, you do sacrifice sleep. Yeah, but that started in my teens. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that that was also to do with like you know trying to finish off assignments and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I I guess the the problematic nature of what my mom's going through is that you kind of she has to take tablets literally at the time she's supposed to. There's no like leeway. So the problem with that is that she just kind of just goes, it's no big deal with her tablets. It makes her, and it, it it's this horrible full circle of. She's anxious about doing it, which makes her forget to take it, which makes her worse because she's not taking her tablet. I think it's important to um, clarify as well yeah. that, that it was it was important that you guys um, assigned like mental health nurses to dovetail with the treatment that she gets because the side effects are yes, exactly. Because yeah. the thing, yeah, because the thing is, is that um, uh, there was a situation that came up, which is a good example of this, and you uh, and I'm employing people to be really, really careful, and this is a good bit of advice is you see obviously everyone's individuals and they can decide to do whatever they want like in terms of their own like well-being but obviously there's a line in terms of you've got to ascertain is it the right thing for them and are they are they in the right frame of mind to do that because my mom in a my mom uh, about a couple of weeks ago in a like blurred haze of like depression when i'm sick of this i'm not getting better um again not looking after herself but going i need a pill to solve this mm-hmm. so she rang the emergency helpline for her gp and an on-call doctor came to see her mm-hmm. didn't look at any notes at all no not checked that she's got parkinson's or whatever 
obviously saw my mum was in a depressed frame of mind. And obviously, she never told any of us that she'd done any of this. We found out afterwards. She went, oh, a doctor came to see me. And the, the, was and a doctor from the same clinic? Was yeah. That, yeah. So didn't look at any notes or anything wow. like that. And basically went, okay, we're gonna, I'm going to describe you an antidepressant. You can take it whenever you want. Mm. So like, left her a prescription. And only because my mum says, can you go and get me it, that I had a chance to look at the prescriptions. And I'll admit to you now, which people might go, wow, this is really... Um, a, 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 a really big revelation and a controversial thing to do but we we talked to her doctors who said we can't you can't make her not do it mm. but um because it's ultimately her human right to but we are strongly we are strongly disagreeing with this and we really don't know what's going to happen and like mm-hmm. you know so she really shouldn't take this mm-hmm. so i had to convince her not to do it mm. um by just saying you don't really need this mm. and i kind of knew what i was doing by manipulating it to be it's not not a big deal to try and get her to not do it mm. which sounds really like manipulatory but like i believe honestly believe i was doing the right thing based on obviously professional yeah, advice yeah. as well because it's a bit like everyone has a right to go out and try and get like illegal drugs and take them <laughs> but anyone with an objective mind goes pretty dumb idea relatively speaking you know like people who go i'm gonna go out and get smashed now like okay great that's what you think is what you regard as a good time (laughs) but the consequences are you're gonna be really really sick the next day (laughs) um so you know sometimes it requires you to kind of have another person to go yeah really you might not want to do this because you know and my my mom unfortunately because we talked about counseling i know you you talk to me about this off air quite regularly um, about what you know because that that is what comes up mm-hmm. when people go have you seen a counsellor for like the fact that she's got real resentment mm-hmm. and it's a real real grind to mm-hmm. convince her to do it because like I told you we discussed this when it was happening especially like the bereavement counsellor yeah she, loved she did three weeks yeah. of it she yeah. did three weeks of it and went okay I've got what I need out of this mm-hmm. and then gave up mm-hmm. well, I, well well I've got I, I must reiterate when I say gave up in my opinion, gave up. Mm-hmm. But what she took it as, this is the problem, the barrier you face with people who have spent their entire lives not dealing with mental health issues, mm-hmm. is they take look at therapy as a solution mm-hmm. to, a, like I say, an I'm cured now. Mm-hmm. They don't look at their mental health as an ongoing issue. Mm-hmm. They look at it as it's something that needs to be done and fixed now so I just feel better, so I can forget about it. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. Yeah. It's un- and the, the thing you have to accept the biggest hurdle i think in mental health and i feel so much more strongly about this with all what's going on with my mom is i think ultimately as as hard as this is for for my family to hear because i think this is ultimately it is my mom doesn't hasn't accepted she has a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> really mm-hmm. that, that that is ultimately what it is because all of her solutions are i need somebody else to do something about it so it's denial then yep. isn't it yeah and it's like why can't like so whenever she gets really really upset and has a conversation with me in a depressed situation right she'll go well why don't you just live with me why don't you just do all my stuff for us mom you haven't took your tablet well where were you why didn't you why didn't you take it for me um it's always why 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 rather than i i said it's not about and i think the massive mistake you make and i know you're going to agree with me really strongly on this is I think too many people focus on being depressed as opposed to why are you depressed? <laughs> and why are you depressed is a much more important answer. Yeah. 
yeah. emo- emotion question sorry and an answer that's really hard to find but imperative mm-hmm. to stop you being depressed mm-hmm. it's not about well when you go on uh, that you know it, some people describe it as a journey i think mm-hmm. it kind of was a journey for me yeah without going into the sort of like some sort of root cause um how are you going to figure out what what's best for you mm. yeah you can spend time exploring all sorts of ways of course and people get have their issues for all sorts of different reasons but i think um sitting down with a counselor or a mental health nurse and really kind of examining the, the root causes sometimes there's not there might not be root causes um but it, it's worth finding that out itself yeah. just to just to you know cover all bases and mm. then and then go on that journey to to find out what's best for you and uh yeah. Often it, it could be the best thing you do. Yeah. It's so amazing how like you meet people who are just have this like general. It's like an ignorance of they want to find a quick solution to something. Yeah. So like so to to give you a really good example, there's a very very recent one. It's like so my mom was still having depressed cycles because mm-hmm. obviously because you know it's not it's not something that's just going to be fixed overnight. Mm-hmm. So whenever I go and see her to sort out her medication and whatnot, I I am expecting. On, a, on one of the days or at least one of the days where she's going to be lousy mood and she's going to say everything's mm. uh, rubbish and everything I'm careful with my words because mm. she doesn't say rubbish but <laughs> but, um, but you get what I'm saying yeah. um, so you know every you know that she, she does what I call and I don't mean this to be disrespectful but the small violin act of okay, you know yeah. the, 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 the whole yeah. like everything's awful and yeah. um, you know and you know me 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 kind of thing which you know I don't say that to be offensive because I was like that I I do get like that uh, i know that it's annoying to hear because you just think why would you stop we can that person just stop moaning yeah. but um but yeah so anyway she's been having these depressive cycles when my mom got the whole hallucination thing and they found out yesterday mm-hmm. i had members of my family going so that's why she's been weird all this time because mm-hmm. the tablets are wrong <laughs> and i'm going yeah for two weeks mm. but what about the five and a half months where we've been coming around and making meals for her because <laughs> she doesn't want to do it yeah. it's yeah. like it's like all this like revisionist history because we are we are, want to avoid mm-hmm. the actual problem mm-hmm. because it's the stigma that we talk about on this show mm-hmm. all the damn time mm-hmm. and all of it is <laughs> that we don't talk about mental health mm-hmm. so we don't think it's an issue mm-hmm. therefore we don't deal with it and then we as soon as another thing comes along they go that must be it <laughs> it must be that yeah it well, must put. be that that glass of water you didn't have well, yeah. that must be what it is <laughs> like if you just did that all this eight months of yeah, hell would it just not happened and then like it's, that's not how it worked they, they want the whole they want the whole magic pill or the whole like yeah. you know if you and just drink easier, this, if you drink this Kool Aid you'll be better it's by tomorrow. It's easy to dwell on yeah. on on the bad stuff even mm-hmm. though when the good stuff's happening and really progressing you you you, you don't sit back because even my mum um, just very quickly she mm-hmm. she she's doing quite well and she's she's like walking a lot better yeah but she'll still complain like if she gets a little niggly pain she'll be like oh when's this gonna end oh it's been how how many months now since and it's like. She doesn't see like how much she's progressed, and yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like wanting to get a. Like, oh, I mean, that, that is the most yeah for for someone who and 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 again just to reiterate, we love these people dearly, exactly. and I think the difference is is that we're not going to give up and we're going to keep mm. trying. It's not that at all because I, I I that's what really upsets me about people who do give up mm. with people who get mental health issues is they talk about what we're talking about mm. now, but they treat it as and that's why I don't want to deal with it because yeah. they're horrible to me. Yeah. It's not them. It's not them. So you got to like thingy the two, and it's like they don't know what they're doing. Um, because I can give you a good example from my situation. 
that my mum on Sunday, after we had the horrible first hallucination she had on the Saturday, mm. on Sunday I went round and spent like a little bit longer with her as much as I could, mm. and it was really nice. Mm-hmm. We had we we she had two me two like, and I'm saying, obviously she had an underpinning with her tablets, mm-hmm. but this to me shows a great example of what you can do, mm-hmm. and I know it's it's about being able to and having the motivation to do it. Mm-hmm. But my point is. She had a mate. She had a, a like a chips with something at one o'clock as a lunch thing with our carer. Like our carer made us something around about that time. Well, I think she even made it herself. And then when I came round about four o'clock or three o'clock, whenever it was, mm-hmm. we then had food at five o'clock together. I made pasta from scratch, and we both loved it and had a really good time. And then when I left, she was all like normal, like uh, normal as in, I hate that word, but I mean normal as in like she was level headed. And she said, like, you know, a bunch of really nice things to me and, you know, um, said that I'm really, you know, I'm proud of you and all this kind of thing and said she loved me and actually meant it in a kind of, like, not a, oh, yeah, I love you, like, but will you do all this for me, like, that kind of thing. But <laughs> I, I actually legitimate, like, yeah. you know, I don't know what I'd do without you, but actually in a, in a yeah, she yeah. actually legitimately yeah. thanked me for <clears throat> all the stuff that I'm doing. And that makes me keep wanting to do it because i know that's the real person and seeing that makes you keep wanting you know to do the funny it. thing is you know? when when not not it didn't come from my mum's mouth um directly but other people have complimented me when they see my mum, right and how well <laughs> she's she's oh well done you've been a great son looking after her and so yeah. i'm like i'm glad someone thinks so because <laughs> yeah. she hasn't told yeah. me yet. <laughs> and then when you get home she's like i don't know what they were on about like what <laughs> what are you talking about you're useless why don't you, you, you look at you you look at look at that one dish you didn't clean up um and that's why you're a horrible person yeah, yeah. um but yeah um but the reason I'm saying all this about the good day she had the day after is then on the Monday she had a depressed episode and went, oh, my weekend's been awful. Like, oh, my weekend, my entire weekend's been awful. And I went, Do you, what, why, why were you being, like, all horrible with me yesterday? And, like, like you saying you didn't see the pain I was going in. And I went, what are you on about, man? We had a really, really great day and I was really happy. Like, we did really good. Mm-hmm. But then the classic depressed line, which I'm sure you've heard, because I've said this exact sentence before and I imagine it annoys the person you say, is they go... But you didn't see what was going on inside, mm. and I'm like, yeah. But why do you why do you assign a value to that? Because um, on the outside, on the outside of, so so I'm being punished for something I can't see, mm. which I can see because I know because I've been dealing with it the whole time, and I've I've got my own mental health issues, mm. and it's like um, it's it. That's why I think people struggle to deal with this on a long term basis because um you are dealing with somebody i think that's why people do give up ultimately friends do in particular because you are not getting anything back off that person for quite a while mm. like if they're really sick i mean like mm. as in that they're very self-absorbed mm. depressed people mm. so i think that's ultimately why people end up um kind of going i can't handle this because but ultimately i look at that and go if you're really looking at that situation going i'm not getting anything out of them then Mm. i think that you've got a problem as well Mm. because you shouldn't really look at someone in that situation and go i need something from them um i I find that strange um and i again i think it's reinforcing the lack of understanding about what people go through Well, i think you would have to be a specific Mm. type of person to go into every relationship or friendship expecting a kind of like a deal like a 50 yeah yeah exactly I yeah. mean, you, you, you're gonna get yeah. you're gonna get out of it. Uh, yeah, that's what that's it's a, such a simply brilliant point. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, because you know it's a bit like you give and take. You'd mm. want to be a relationship where if you know, and you know, it, I mean, it's very rewarding yeah. to to be there for them, and yeah. and then. And I'm sure they will appreciate. Okay, they might not express it as much as you'd maybe like yeah. to, but 
Yeah. I'm sure deep down they do. And you just thing. hope that they'll do the same for yeah. you. And you and hopefully you'll have enough examples <clears> when <throat> that's the case. Sure. Because, like, you know, ultimately I'm doing this because my mum looked after me for an awfully long time. Yeah. And I don't forget that or yeah. take that for granted. Yeah. So it's it's not a case of that I'm, you know, um, moaning about this in mm. terms of the... But, but, but again... It's acknowledging from the supporting side of things of it's unbearably hard, particularly yeah. when it gets really as bad as this yeah. to this, um, and you kind of reset because mm-hmm. you said a really profound thing before we started when you went. In some ways, you, you're probably in that feeling of that you're starting again. All this effort you've done is like feeling like you're starting again because mm-hmm. of a, a setback. Mm-hmm. But again, I just think the best way of looking at it is it is a setback, but not like you know we're not going to ruin all the. The, the legal stuff we went through, all the practical things we've tried to do to get my man yeah. better, that, like, hopefully it's just one. I mean, in my case, off. I kind of did look at it as, as, I use the word payback sometimes, but, yeah. you know, I use it in a sort of a comical sense as well, because when I had my breakdown, I guess my mum was, was the one that kind of, like, rescued me in a way, that make sure I was fed and, and, and went out of the house and that sort of thing, yeah. so... Yeah, well, I, I, so I suppose in a less comical sense that the word payback kind of makes sense, but, you know, I... Karen and as and we talked about Karen before the show, didn't we? About how we we love their profession. That you do sometimes get the bad apple, which spoils it for a lot. Because you know when you get the odd one, which doesn't mm-hmm. show as much empathy. Yeah. Use the word empathy before. Mm-hmm. Um. But you know that's just the vast majority are mm-hmm. fantastic at their work. And we say that there's a lack of training sometimes because they're not. I, I was telling you about an article I read recently that someone had said that in terms of caring there needs to be a really large mental health perspective that should dovetail with that which doesn't often come so you'd see sometimes looking someone looking after someone and they'll hold their hands up saying sorry i don't i don't know what's going on here i'm not trained for that um that that's not a nice thing to see when mm. you know someone's yeah because i, I kind of look at that situation and go it doesn't stop you trying no no right, yeah. that, that, that's the thing that, that but again it's the whole i think to be like sort of balancedly balanced and fair is that the problem with like sort of if you do it in a professional sense is the worry about being sued if you do something you're that's not true. trained in yeah. um I, that, that that it's unfortunate um like there was a situation in the hospital yesterday with my mom so just to clarify she's got a um i guess to summarize because i'm aware we're not doing mental health news but are you ultimately bothered because i think i think ultimately we ended up talking about this anyway mm-hmm. so Same for next yeah let's do a double we'll do try and do a double thing next week maybe and uh we'll crowbar in the headlines because we used to do it monthly anyway so Mm -hmm. um we'll just do mental health we'll do an extended mental health news next time um, because we've got five minutes left um because i think this is important to talk about so Mm -hmm. um yeah um i i just think like because there was a situation that happened in hospital yesterday where one of the nurses a male nurse was looking after my mom and my mom was trying to do a urine sample so they wanted to go into the toilet to help her and he like was just about to walk in the door and he went i can't do this because i need someone else to be there Mm -hmm. um because of all like sort of um you know i guess like then he from being potentially regarded as a pervert or mm-hmm. but also um but also um just legal requirement i have two mm-hmm. people it's the same when i worked as a youth worker mm-hmm. um you always have to have two people in the room which uh, i'm completely for mm-hmm. um i'm just saying that's an example of like how things have changed because it never yeah. used to be like that yeah. um uh when we were growing up anyway um but yeah so it's been hard um and i and i probably look exhausted um because um you know, I spent a, a a really long time yesterday, and I've spent a really lot of hours at my mom's just in general. That's why I only was able to put up the podcast. So that's a good thing to mention. I've only just put out the podcast for April's shows um a couple of days ago, 
Um, so they're available on the iTunes uh, on iTunes. If you type in Mentally Sound, you will hear the past uh, April editions. And what we've got left to put up is the last May one we did two weeks ago, and this one, which I've just said in the Simon uh, interview, the Simon interview that I'm thinking about putting that up as like a special thing for Geek Apocalypse, uh, my podcast. You're going to put them on Twitter. Uh, yes, and yeah, I never had. A, that's what I was just about to say. I never had a chance to like post them, um, as in for you to be able to click on them. Um, but so if you're not on iTunes or whatever, we'll we'll be tweeting them uh, over the weekend, basically, um, so you can listen to them shows. And this, so this episode is probably going to be released as like a special for my Geek Apocalypse podcast, which is the an independent one that I do that Ricky's on. Um, and then, but anyway, the the men, so the but what we will be. That was a good one, wasn't it? Yeah. The, but yeah, last the last one. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still haven't released that. Yeah, yeah, and um, and yeah. So um, and uh, yeah, the uh, disappointing sequel is going to be called. <laughs> but uh, and uh, yeah, so the so two weeks ago will be released over the weekend on the mentally sound uh, um list. So on so if you type in mentally sound on iTunes, you can subscribe to this very um radio show. Um, whenever you um, when you have your heart desires. Can I quickly um, mention what yeah. I've been? Up yes. To, yeah. Do, yeah. Please quickly. do. We've got a couple of minutes. So um. <clears throat> Yeah, I've been quite tired because it's been an absolute flurry of activity recently I've mm-hmm. been sort of involved with. So my trade union, Acorn, um, so for listeners out there, I recommend you go on BBC i3, I uh, go on iPlayer and, and click on BBC3. Is a documentary called Sex for Rent. And uh, colleagues of mine were involved in an expose where rogue landlords were sort of targeting vulnerable, mm-hmm. uh, mostly uh, young women, to cajole them into sort of like, you know, uh, when when landlords put sex on the table to to make you know because of people in desperate need of shelter, oh, I so that's there. Yeah, yeah. So we involved in that, and we had a screen, another screen, and that, and then we did the problem solving booth for psychological austerity. Oh, yeah, we had a discussion about that. Uh, it was a great idea. I, I was there like towards the end because they decided to pack up early because it wasn't as successful as we hoped. If you listen to the last show, we explained that there's an idea that we, to empower, because people feel empowered to talk to strangers, so essentially we'd put two chairs down mm-hmm. um, and get passers-by to, you know, they can sit down freely for two, three minutes and explain to a trained professional about things that they want to get off their chest Great. and therefore they would go and, uh, you know, open up to loved ones and so on. That was the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was still worth doing, but there was something about maybe the location or, I don't know. It, it's still an experiment, but I think we're going to go back and talk about it more. How should we get it more successful? Because apparently in London, they had queues of people uh, yeah. wanting to do that. It could be the environment. I think if you're in the middle of a suburban environment, you know, next to a garden or somewhere, mm-hmm. that, that might be a factor. Yeah. And then uh, we did a day of action outside uh, one of the major banks I'll not name it because they discriminate against people on housing benefit uh, click oh, yeah. on Acorn you'll find out more about it and then um, re- just yesterday we had a meeting down at um, Curtis Park House because um, that's been a, a building in the West End that's had a couple of fires recently Okay. and you know on the back of Grenfell and one of the ideas put forward as well as fire safety is to put in a mental health team to to um, you know go into to, to, to speak to people on a one to one basis cool. because when you're vulnerable and you feel you don't feel stable or safe in your home. It really plummets your mental health. So. Great, well, we've so got like thirty. Great, excellent. So we've got like thirty seconds left. So I want to make sure because I don't like the whole idea of it being cut off because it's on auto record again. Mm-hmm. So all I just mean to say is a huge thank you to all our guests, uh, to Liz Ferguson and Simon Simon Taylor, and um, brilliant music. So check out his stuff at Bandcamp. And um, you can follow me at, at Geek underscore Apocalypse. Ricky is at Vivid Ricky, and you can follow the show at, at underscore Mentally Sound. And Mentally Sound is on iTunes as well as my show Geek Apocalypse is on as well. 
available at iTunes, so please do subscribe to both podcasts. As I say, two weeks ago, um, show will be uploaded over the weekend, and we're next on air the 8th of um, June, um, 12 till 2 p.m. here on Spice FM. But all these me to say from Ricky and myself, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back in two weeks' time. And in the meantime, stay mentally sound, okay? <laughs> Take <laughs> care, guys. Try. Thanks, Bye. everyone.